Um, it, it, to me, uh, there's there's certain. Uh, let me see if I can word this correctly. Somebody's gonna get pissed off at this anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, I think this has been Daniel Bryan's year, and I. I, I Uh, I've, I've sort of been in the position where I, I thought it was my year and I watch other people get other opportunities and stuff like that and no no slight on Dave uh, like I said he is a friend of mine I just it, uh, I, I wish I could see Daniel Bryan made event at WrestleMania that's all yes. but, you know but Dave I think is great and uh, it, it's not like a situation where um, Rock's probably gonna get mad again, but it's not like uh, it's not like Rock coming in and he's not just doing pay-per-views. He's doing like a full schedule, so we'll see how it happens. We'll see we'll see how it unfolds, but I think Dave coming back is a good thing. Wrestling fans, are you? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I am the voice of the voiceless. Do I have everybody's attention now? Sorry about your damn luck. I deserve one more match. It's going to be the end of the world as you know it. Welcome back, folks, to another edition of WrestleRant Radio right here on EC Radio. It's your host with the most Bleacher Report featured columnist Graham GSM Matthews here today for a big blockbuster edition of WrestleRant Radio. We're going to be talking about everything from Monday Night Raw last night on the road to WrestleMania, a controversial week in the world of wrestling with the departure of CM Punk per the audio clip that I just played at the start of the show. We're going to be breaking that down a little bit. But, of course, we're going to be sitting down today with former WWE superstar Antonio The Promise Thomas, a star of New England Championship Wrestling. They will be promoting, or we'll get, we're going to be promoting their upcoming event this Saturday night at the Cove Community Center at Beverly, Massachusetts. It's a uh, 7 p.m. bell time. It's going to be huge, huge triple threat match headlining the show for the NECW Heavyweight Championship. Antonio will be there as well as the other stars of NECW. So don't miss out on it this Saturday night, February 8th at 7 p.m. right here at the Cove Community Center in Beverly, Massachusetts. But without further ado, we will bring in Antonio right now. Antonio is on the line. How's it going today, Antonio? What's up, Graham? Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. No problem, man. No problem. With uh, NECW coming up this Saturday, I just discovered it this past fall. I saw it back on a dirt sheet back in September, and I've gone to almost every event since then. I'm extremely excited for Saturday. I will also be there in attendance, ready for some NECW action. But the first question I wanted to ask you was, of course, the promise nickname. Your name is, of course, Antonio the Promise Thomas. I'm wearing the uh, the Promise wristband as I speak right now. I bought it at the first show that I went to in October. So I just want to get your thoughts where did the nickname The Promise come from? I got that back in 2002. As actually, I got it from NECW. Sheldon Goldberg, who has been the promoter since NECW started in 2000. Um, uh, his booker at the time was a man by the name of Sonny Goodspeed. And uh, Sheldon uh, saw the nickname uh, Promise on a boxer, and at the time I was wearing like a black boxing robe to the ring, and uh, he put, you know, two and two together, promise, Thomas, it rhymes, uh, and I got an email from the booker saying, you know, blah, 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 can you make the show on this date, and oh, by the way, your nickname, new nickname is going to be The Promise, and uh, for like the six months prior to that, because I'd only been working about six months at the time. Uh, my name was just Antonio Thomas. It's always been since my first match. And uh, people would ask, ring announcers would ask, well, do you have a nickname? Uh, and I would be, uh, I don't, just Antonio Thomas. And uh, I was always thinking, what would be a good nickname? And um, there was nothing ever that really clicked or that I used until that. And uh, it's stuck ever since. 
Mm-hmm. And you are back in the WWE, back from 05 to 06, a part of the heartthrobs with your tag team partner, Romeo Roselli. Um, even before I discovered NECW, I was, I was very familiar with his work. I used to attend shows in the uh, Connecticut area for Northeast Wrestling, and uh, Romeo Roselli is up there a few times this show, um, every, you know, every once in a while. And when I discovered that you guys were tag team partners, my mind was completely blown when I saw you at the NECW show uh, just a number of months ago, so I thought that was pretty cool. But um, going back and watching clips of you in WWE, it's just tremendous. Uh, we were talking before the show how much your image has changed in the last 10 years or so. Not, right. not, not right. even 10 years, but uh, it, it's just, outsta- just outstanding um, how much you've changed since that point in time, how much your career has grown since the time that you were in WWE. But before we get any further, I just want to get your thoughts. Romeo Roselli, your thoughts on uh, you guys tag team together in WWE and that you guys were, I believe you were even friends long before you even made it to the main roster. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm, we trained with, uh, originally with the same trainer. I started <clears throat> at Killer Kowalski's, and then uh, I moved to a trainer here in Springfield, uh, which is close to the home And, and um, at the time, and that's where I met Romeo before I even had my first match. And uh, when I was just learning the basics, taking, you know, learning to take bumps and do arm drags, uh, he was like, hey, we, I think it was the first time that we met on a Sunday practice. We used to come down on Sundays from, or come up from Sundays from New York. And he said, hey, you, you know, you, uh, we kind of look alike. Uh, we should team up. He goes, there's no tag teams. And I was like, yeah, man, sure. Uh, I was like, I don't even know how to do an arm drag yet. <laughs> I never even had a match. And, uh, we just kind of, we clicked ever since then because we're both um, very similar, both very determined, both very um, goal-oriented individuals, hardworking in terms of um, we knew what we wanted. Our goals were the same, um, working out, diet, training. We both wanted to make it to the WWE. We weren't doing this to um, as a hobby. And... Um, so we started traveling uh, a lot together with, with, you know, to shows all around the Northeast, New York, New England, Maine. Um, and then it wasn't until 2004 when, uh, the Eastern Wrestling Alliance finally put us together as a tag team. And then it was shortly thereafter where we took two different roads, but we both ended up, uh, Six months later, both in OVW. Mm-hmm. And then after your WWE stint, did you guys stay as a tag team for much longer, or did you guys go your different ways? Uh, no, we stayed. I mean, we're still a tag team. It's just our schedules. Um, he got married. He does a lot of acting. He has a, a, a very good job that he has to travel a lot with. Um, so as far as working the same places, promotions, and just lining up our schedules, maybe once or twice a year we'll team up. Uh, certainly we'd like to team up more. We're doing a lot for Chikara um, before they shut down for the past year. Uh, but hopefully <clears throat> coming up in May when they start up, we'll be back there again. But, um, yeah, we... When when I got released, I just I took a month off just to kind of the the last thing I wanted to do was wear a boa and do the gimmick, and we just kind of didn't really do that until Chikara came around. Um, so I worked for them last year and or two years ago, and but we still teamed. Um, and I love tag team wrestling. We're we're a true tag team. Um, John's like my brother. Well, I'm like his brother. Um, I stood up for his wedding and we may not talk with each other all the time or see each other all the time, but, um, you know, it, it, we, we traveled together. We lived right next door to each other. Um, you know, we are a true definition of a tag team and it's, um, it's a shame that we weren't given much longer to grow and develop before, um, you know, the world could see us. 
Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your time in Jakarta as well. Um, where has been your favorite place, favorite country to work in um, since the start of your career and the favorite wrestler you've worked against? Uh, favorite? I mean, if I had to pick a country uh, outside of America, is easily Japan. Um, I worked for all Japan from 2008 to 2010. And, uh, I mean, that's, I, I always wanted to go to Japan. I always wanted to make it WWE, but I always wanted to be, um, I always was a huge, um, uh, Ring of Honor fan, huge All Japan fan, uh, in the 90s, early 2000s. I always, I love WWE, but I was always more of a, whether it be hip-hop or um, movies, I always liked the alternative kind of Sundance-type, you know, niche-type stuff. I didn't like what the masses were into. And um, I always wanted to be, you know, the quote-unquote indie darling, do the Ring of Honor, go to Japan. And it wasn't until after uh, WWE that I finally got a chance to travel the world and go learn all these different styles and, pieces of the puzzle together for for wrestling um and japan was just you get on a bus you get off you go wrestle um it's competitive it's more competitive but um i learned so i learned how to work light over there i learned comedy spots um i learned how to i learned so much over there and um to just have a i mean a WWE is where you want to be, but just pure wrestling in the ring, it, by far, it's Japan. And then working in all these places, who's been your favorite opponent to work against up to this point in your career? Oh, man. Um, I had a lot of... Uh, early on, it was probably uh, R.J. Brewer, um, mm-hmm. known as John Walters back then. Um, then it was probably, uh, Eddie Edwards. We both kind of came up at the same time and were, we trained under Steve Bradley at the same time and worked together a lot there before WWE and then after my time in WWE. Um, man, um, as far as WWE goes, Val Venus was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, hmm. uh, Gold Dust. Oh, okay. Fucking okay. awesome. Very yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, I, I know all the all the guys that you would think would be um, would be uh, <laughs> at the top of the list. Uh, you know, some of the best workers. Mm-hmm. Um, those come to mind right away. Just incredible was also. Um, yeah, I didn't have to think at all. It was so easy. It was a, it was a night off. Mm-hmm. And also, if that was a tough question for you, this is probably going to be even tougher. Um, I was just about to ask you, who would be one person that you still would like to face? And, you know, of course, in the industry today, um, WWE, TNA, NECW, ROH, wherever, um, is there still that one person that you're looking to face um, at some point in your career before you retire? Uh, well, I mean, obviously everyone, I mean, I always wanted to <laughs> wrestle Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um you know, um, right now that I haven't worked with. A dream match, so um, to speak. What's that? A dream match, so to speak, of yours? Uh, a dream match, I mean, would, uh, I mean, obviously it would be Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so you grew, I grew up watching. Um, realistically now, um, and uh, Christian, uh, oh, okay. a Kurt Angle. I don't know how much longer. I know he's got some health issues now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, someone like like Christian, uh, Daniel Bryan. Again, we worked together back in '07 mm-hmm. um, uh, on the independent scene. And there's so many. Um, Now, I haven't worked with, I've teamed with him a 
few months ago, but working with uh, Mike Mondo, mm-hmm. um, a good friend of mine since OVW, and um, I, I, you know, probably someone like Regal again, who mm-hmm. the last time I worked with him, I was so damn green um, that now uh, that we could have, I think we just get in there and wrestle and, and have a hell of a match. Um, so those those guys come to mind. I mean, there's so many. Uh, pretty much someone that, that I, I, you know, I can, I can call, you know, I can, I like going in there and feeling things out. I like wrestling. I like someone that would, will keep me safe and, um, um, that, you know, you mess well with where you get in there and you don't even have to say anything to them. You just, you know what each other is thinking. So. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned before how you and, uh, you and Romy are such the tag team, both inside and outside of the ring. You guys were a great tag team during your WWE stint and even still to this day. Um, and also you just mentioned Regal, who you faced in your debut match for the World Tag Team Championships on the main roster in WWE. So that's pretty cool as well. But um, right. my question for you was that with the WWE right now and their tag team division, it's a resurgence, so to speak, of the tag team division in the last few months or so. Um, what are your thoughts on tag team in tag team wrestling, not only in the WWE, well, specifically in the WWE, but in the world of wrestling as a whole, your thoughts in the current state of the tag team division? Uh, I thought it, uh, the past year there's been new life breathed into it. Um, you know, for the longest time, tag teams were kind of just put together to be broken up or, um, you know, two, two top guys put together, you know, like, um, Edge and Orton, Big Show and Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I mean, you have probably, I guess, 10 legitimate tag teams. Uh, in WWE itself, um, since the Shield came in, their matches and six-man tags, I mean, this is the past year has been as good a year for six-man tags probably since the Freebirds and Von Erich. Mm-hmm. And there's more tag teams now than probably since uh, like '87. First few Survivor Series where there were you know, you'd have the tag team match with ten teams in there, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll no offense to any of the workers, but a lot of the singles matches you see over and over again. But a lot of the tag team matches I'll always watch because I just love tag team wrestling. It's it's um, and it's good to see it, you know, at the forefront. It's good to see the Shield and um, Cody Rhodes and Goldust, and even see the, the Outlaws back, who can still, <laughs> you know, Billy Gunn's fifty, but those guys can work circles around like work. Mm-hmm. The, in terms of knowing what to do, when to do it, they're they're, they're just they're brilliant, and uh, and you see that you see, um, you know, I, I watch. I remember some of the tag matches Dustin Rhodes would have in WCW twenty years ago, and he's brought that back now this past year. Um, just. Uh, smoothness uh, uh, it, it's just tag team it, it makes me feel good to see so many tag teams put together how long they'll last I don't know but you you know they already broke up the primetime players um, yep Cesaro and, and Swagger will probably be broken up but I mean you got teams like the Usos mm-hmm. you have the Wyatts you have whether even when Roman Reigns breaks off you'll probably still have some form of a shield. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, I mean, even even 3MB and, and the Matadors, who are looked at as jokes, I mean, those guys are good workers and have good tag team matches. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, and Ring of Honor, too, has, has brought, you know, tag team wrestling back uh, strong. They've always been a, a strong proponent of tag team wrestling. Uh, I mean, when I was, when Haas and Benjamin debuted for them three years ago or so, 
against uh, the Kings of Wrestling, man. That I was like, "Fuck, man! This is this is tag team wrestling." I was, <laughs> I was, and TNA for the longest time. Say what you want about them; they always stress tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, tag team wrestling through history, if you look at it, uh, as, as main evented, um, you know, main evented so many territories and so many. Um, so many shows, the Brain Busters and the Rockers were main eventing. They were the last match to go on when Hogan was, um, when they were on the same shows with Hogan because nobody could follow them up. And, uh, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad Tag Team Wrestling is back. I wish it was, I wish it was like this when, um, when I was coming up through OVW and then in WWE, but, um, you know, better late than never. Oh, absolutely. And you just mentioned it before. Hopefully the resurgence of the tag team division isn't coming to an end anytime soon. Like you said, the primetime players, the real Americans, um, the shield even looks to be splitting up. So hopefully this isn't short lived. And it was even last night that the tag team titles were defended inside a steel cage. Nonetheless, um, it was a few weeks ago on raw that a tag team match closed the show with the Usos yeah. defeating, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt, which was one heck of a matchup. And uh, speaking of that tag team title match from last night, the current WWE tag team champions, believe it or not, the Outlaws, were the team that you faced in your TNA debut at 2007 Destination X. Um, so it's just crazy to think about all these years later that you were able to face one of the greatest tag teams in uh, in pro wrestling history in the form of Billy Gunn and, uh, and, and Road Dogg, of course, not going by those names at the time, but... Uh, I right. just wanted to get your thoughts and having the opportunity to face them at that event a number of years ago. And if you've ever considered jumping ship to TNA on a regular basis, because I know that was a one-off appearance. Um, yeah, we facing them was awesome. I mean, they were, uh, uh, they, uh, we had a lot of ideas. Obviously we wanted to make, uh, a great impression and, and, it's kind of hard to steal the show with the talent they had there, but that's what we wanted to do. The match didn't come out the way we wanted it to. I don't. I still haven't watched it, but it just didn't click. But those guys were awesome to work with, very giving with us, and, um, you know, just easy, easy to work with. It wasn't like pulling teeth. And mm-hmm. uh, um, we had done a tag match a few months earlier, and... Um, just brought in, that was at a time when they were bringing in tag teams to face the outlaws, you know, at different times. You know, each week they face a different tag team. Um, it would have been nice to get a um, a little bit longer run. I would have loved to run a TNA then, but uh, I think that certain people are creative, want, expecting us to kind of do the, the hard drop gimmick. They kind of intimated at that um, to kind of be as flamboyant and gay <laughs> as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that just wasn't us. We were past that at that point. We wanted, and it didn't, you know, if that, you know, if that had any bearing on us not coming back, then, you know, it it sucks. But, um, you know, it was just it was time to move on. But we worked, but later that year, we worked um, at UMass. There was a show. We worked with the Outlaws again. And I'll tell you, talk about a mark-out moment when they could actually do their WWE entrance. (laughs) You know, I mean, we're on the outside yelling, suck it, like Mm -hmm. marking out for that. It was like we're watching these guys when we're in high school and college. Yeah, yeah. Now we're, you know, so that's a moment I'll always remember. So at this point in your career, you've competed in WWE, you've been to TNA, you've been all the way over to Japan. So at this point in your career, what are your goals and aspirations going forward? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would like to, as I said before, I've always been a huge Ring of Honor fan. I went to a couple of their first shows they ever had at, in Philadelphia. And uh, um, I worked for them in the past here and there and I would like to be a regular there um, I, I want to go to England I want to learn the British style 
um, even though it, it um, I'm a huge world of sport fan, even though uh, it's really not the predominant style over there, sadly, anywhere. Uh, but um, honestly, I want to be making a living um, at wrestling. And that's very hard to do today. Um, I want to go back to Japan. I want to. I want to kind of be the complete opposite of what I was in WWE. I want to kind of be an internet darling. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not. I shouldn't say an internet darling, but I want to. I would like to have a regular gig in ROH. I'd like to do the PWGs. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to go to Japan on a, a regular basis. Uh, if something opened up in WWE, absolutely. Uh, you jump at it, but um, as a tag team, myself and my partner are both in our 30s now. We're certainly, my body feels better than ever. You know, no injuries, no, nothing like that, but uh, they are looking for different talent now, so um, TNA, certainly if, you know, uh, definitely be a possibility. Uh, Mexico, um, just travel the just keep traveling, you know, go back to Puerto Rico, go back to Japan, go back to Europe, um, and just, it's not about, uh, it's more about a body of work when I finally, you know, say that's it, I just, I'm not going to wrestle anymore, it's about looking back and, and, and having a full, uh, Putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, I guess, and um, yeah, you know that's uh, kind of where it is. I, I don't, I don't look too, too much into the future. I'm very laid back and kind of, you know, just play it day by day and and have my short term goals and my long term goals. But the thing is, in wrestling, is just keep per- persistent. Um, you know, so. Pretty much it. Grow, stay healthy, and, and grow as a performer and an entertainer. Oh, absolutely. And uh, one final question before we let you go. Uh, <clears throat> this upcoming Saturday, New England Championship Wrestling Triple Threat Match. You're going for the championship against Slick Wagner Brown and the current reigning champion, who you have history with, Sean Burke. Um, it's going to be an explosive night. Any last, any uh, last minute comments before your match this Saturday? Yeah, uh, everybody listening, Endicott College, if you are listening, it is right down the road, NECW, Cove Community Center, Beverly, Mass., 7 p.m. bell time. You will see great night of wrestling. You will see wrestling. There is no, um, you know, you will get two and a half, three hours of solid wrestling. You can be up close uh, right there with the action. Um, you can meet and greet with some of your favorite stars. You have women that can actually wrestle and don't just claw and pull hair <laughs> or meet each other in the forehead and the eye. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you're going to see a hell of a main event where I will get my NECW title back from Sean Burke, a man who was my best friend at one point, a man whom I trained and help mentor, um, and also against Slick Wagner Brown, who is a great friend of mine and has been for, for 10 years. Um, you know, uh, I'm going there to nothing less than to, to get my title back. And if you live anywhere in the vicinity, especially if you are listening to this now at Endicott College or the surrounding area, Go to NECW.TV, check it out. All the information's on there. Cove Community Center. Also, check out NECW-TV. Um, go to the website. It will give you the exact listing. It comes on Thursday night, 12 p.m. Um, I believe, uh, I don't know the channel. I think it's channel 62. I'm not familiar. I can't remember the exact call letters, but it's on NECW. TV, if uh, you check it out, and um, you will get your money's worth, I guarantee you. 
You heard him, folks. New England Championship Wrestling this upcoming Saturday night at 7 p.m. The bell time at the Cove Community Center down the street here from Endicott College right here in Beverly, Massachusetts. Um, any last-minute uh, social links that you would like to plug before you take off, Antonio? Uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter at Promise Thomas. Uh, also, uh, I run my own wrestling gym, Ring Sport Pro Wrestling in the Springfield area. Uh, if you are interested, um, you can email me at ringsportprowrestling at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'm also on Facebook under Antonio Thomas. Um, Twitter's easier to get me at, but either one. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a pro wrestler, you will learn how to wrestle. You will, uh, you know, learn from somebody that has been there and done that and um, um, there's a lot of um, great trainers great schools out there all around the country um, but you know I've, I've learned and trained all around the world and if you live in the Connecticut area the western mass central mass area always wanted to get into pre- professional wrestling don't know how uh, hit me up and also, you can also come talk to me at the show this Saturday at uh, the Cold Community Center. Um, that's it, man. At Thomas Thomas. Sounds great, man. Thanks for joining us, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you, Graham. Yep, no problem, man. See ya. All right, take care. All right, folks, that was Antonio the Promise Thomas, our premier interview right here on WrestleRant Radio. Hope you enjoyed it. Great talking to Antonio. Hopefully, um, hoping to meet him for the first time this Saturday. I've seen him in the ring a number of times, but I have yet to meet him in person. But I can't wait to meet him on Saturday and see him finally regain the NECW Heavyweight Championship in a triple threat match against Sean Burke and Slick Wagner Brown. Because remember, the uh, the first show, I've talked about this in the past on, on past episodes of WrestleRant Radio. I believe maybe even the first episode back in October. Um, I've reviewed the show in the past right here on the show. But uh, nonetheless, the first main event of the NECW show that I went to back in October was Antonio the Promise Thomas versus Sean Burke the night that Antonio lost the NECW Heavyweight Championship. And I remember seeing him wrestle. He's just so old school, very classical. Kind of reminded me a little of Bob Backlund in a way. And seeing him, you know, hearing him talk about how he would love to face William Regal and Shawn Michaels, all these old school wrestlers, just made so much sense because it seems like he could have a great match with almost anyone on the WWE roster today. And especially legends of those calibers of, you know, um, Hulk Hogan, like he said, Shawn Michaels, William Regal, so on and so forth. And just going back and looking at his material from WWE. WWE, a part of the heartthrobs, it's just, as I said at the start of the show, it's just amazing to see this transformation nearly a decade later between, um, you know, this bromance-like spirit squad-like group with him and Romeo Roselli, entertaining nonetheless, but just given this character that, you know, he's since moved on from, um, it's just absolutely amazing. So um, thanks once again for, to Antonio for joining us. And remember, guys, make sure to check out NECW this Saturday night on February 8th, 7 p.m. Bell, bell time at the Cove Community Center right here in Beverly, Massachusetts. So with all that being said, we're going to move on right now for the remainder of the show right here on WrestleRant Radio. Before I get into my Raw review, I just want to talk briefly about the CM Punk situation. Now, CM Punk supposedly quit the WWE on Monday night before uh, Raw aired, um, hours before before Raw went live last week, not this week, and um, news didn't break until Wednesday morning. I woke up Wednesday, someone tweeted me on Twitter saying, hey, is there any truth to the CM Punk situation? People were talking to me about it. I had zero idea what they were talking about until I checked up online and said a top WWE superstar quits the company, and I had zero idea that it was CM Punk. That came as a complete shock to me. So at first it was really unclear as to whether this is a work or whether whether this was legitimate. It was really unclear at first because details were still a little foggy at the time. But in the last week, I mean, I'm a little late on this. Everyone's already talking about this a lot in the last seven days. So I, I don't want to beat um, you know this horse down to death here, but um, it's beating a dead horse. But nonetheless, I will just briefly comment on it. Um, CM Punk being one of my favorite wrestlers, I hate to see him gone. I don't think he's going to be gone for good. Um, I hate people. I, I hate seeing people say that. 
um, that he's going to be gone forever. He will be back, people. Not for the money, but after he rests up, he will be back. He took a break last year, remember, right after WrestleMania for about two months before returning at Payback. And in my personal opinion, I said that at the time, and I'll say it again right now, that wasn't enough. This guy's extremely beat up. He's been wrestling with beat up ribs for months now. His knee's been beat up for a number of years. So this guy, I commend him for working through all of these injuries, and I don't blame him for leaving. He wasn't satisfied with the direction of the company, his character, satisfied with what they were doing with Daniel Bryan and how he wasn't in the main event of WrestleMania. Because remember, CM Punk's last match at for right now was at the Royal Rumble in the Royal Rumble matchup, and he probably knew that he was going on, that Daniel Bryan wasn't going on to contend for the title at WrestleMania, or that, you know, the rumored match in the books was him versus Triple H, CM Punk, that is, at WrestleMania. Maybe he knew that he was going to job out, and that's why he wanted to leave. Everything's kind of up in the air right now. But personally, I think that the leading factor in all of this was CM Punk's nagging injuries, so I don't really blame him for leaving. However, he isn't completely not at fault here um, because his contract expires in July. Um, they had the pay-per-view, or they will be having their payback pay-per-view for the second year straight in Chicago in June, a day before my birthday on June 1st. So it would have been very cool, much like three years ago at Money in the Bank, had they done something to, you know, as a send-off for CM Punk or, or something along those lines. But he quit about six months too early. Um, and it's not only that. I think he should have, you know, waited it out a little bit. Maybe he couldn't have worked at all. I don't know if he was beat up to that point where he couldn't have worked at all because he's worked through, he's worked with injuries in the past. But um, right now, it's just a very confusing situation, a very confusing time in WWE. And a lot of people are saying that Batista is the one to blame. I honestly do not think that Batista is at all to blame for this. Um, as I. As you guys heard in the uh, clip at the start of the show, him and Batista are good friends behind the curtain. I don't; they have been for years. I don't think that Batista was a leading factor in this at all. Maybe the fact that he was going on to WrestleMania after being gone for four years and just randomly being placed in the main event of WrestleMania ticked him off. I don't think his problem is personally with The Rock. Because as he said in that clip, The Rock was back maybe every few shows on the road to WrestleMania. Because remember last year, at this time last year, a year ago today, he wasn't even on the show despite being the WWE champion. So that being said, Batista is going to be making continuously, uh, continuously making Raw appearances until WrestleMania and beyond for the next two years, which has been rumored. So I, I just don't think... What I do think is that I don't think CM Punk had anything, you know, had any heat with Batista. Maybe the fact that he came back after four years and going on to WrestleMania to contend for the title ticked him off a little bit. The creative the creative direction. I don't think facing Triple H is a major step down, honestly. Their match at Night of Champions from 2011 was garbage, in my personal opinion. But that's only because they had, like, 10,000 run-ins. It was no holds barred. It was a complete cluster F of a match. Um, they had run-ins and interference from Awesome Truth, from Kevin Nash. It was complete garbage, and it could have been a much better match than it was. So I was hoping to get that at WrestleMania. And remember, this is the rules reversed this time. CM Punk would have been the babyface, and Triple H would have been the heel. So it would have been that much more interesting. So it looks like we're not getting that match at WrestleMania this year, unless CM Punk you know, returns at some point in the next few months. And people that are saying that this is a work, this is not at all a work. I'm pretty sure that's been since confirmed. What ticked me off about Raw last night was the fact that they didn't even mention it at all. People are chanting for CM Punk all throughout the show, and this is only Omaha, Nebraska. This isn't your quote-unquote IWC crowd like Brooklyn, like New York and MSG, or like um, Chicago or Canada or England or wherever else. This isn't your typical smarky crowd, and even they were chanting for CM Punk. They had CM Punk signs confiscated last night at Raw. The rumor that people were being kicked out for chanting for CM Punk is false, so I want to put that to rest. But they were confiscating CM Punk signs when people walked in, when people were sitting down. I heard they were being nice about it, the officials, that, that is. Um, so that's good to hear. But even still, the fact they were confiscating signs for CM Punk pretty much confirms that he is indeed gone from the company, or at least for now. So, you know, with that being said, though... Um, it all just kind of remains to be seen whether he's going to be back in the next few months. He could be back next week. Will he be back next year? I hope so. The longer he's gone, the bigger pop you'll get when he eventually comes back. But I do kind of miss him on the roster. Last night's Raw show sucked without him. 
even if he was in the show, it still probably would have been boring as heck anyway. But, you know, regardless, um, it is a shame that he's gone from WWE 4 right now. And when he'll be back, like I said, it's completely up in the air at the moment. They've com- they've removed him from almost everything advertising-wise, from the WrestleMania lineup to the house shows. The WWE unfollowed him on Twitter. Not that has not that that has any significance at all. But you know, regardless, they removed him from the Raw opening. They've done almost everything but confirm that he's gone from the company. He's still listed as a superstar as I record this on WWE.com. He's still His merchandise is still being sold on WWE.com, which I don't think they should pull, by the way, because he's one of the top leading merchandise guys in the company. I'm going to send out for a CM Punk hat in a few days, despite the fact that he's gone from the company. But my point is, is that I don't at all think this is a work, so you know, let's put that to rest right now. And it's just a matter of time before he comes back. When it will be, like I said, no one knows. But hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Because it's WrestleMania 30, folks. I mean, John Cena was recently injured. Um, CM Punk won't be at the event. So the WrestleMania right now isn't looking too great. Batista versus Orton, if we do indeed get that, it's going to be hysterical to watch the Mania crowd poop all over that. I don't see people walking out of the arena or, you know, turning their backs to the main event. I don't see that happening. I would love it if it did, but I don't see that happening. But um, what will be interesting, though, is when Raw is in Chicago on March 3rd, in a month in a month from yesterday, that's going to be great. If CM Punk is not back by then, which I don't think he will be, it's going to be extremely interesting, extremely interesting to uh, see how the Chicago crowd reacts to that night's Raw. I'm going to tell you that much. Um, so can't wait for that. But, um, you know, regardless, hopefully he is back at some point in the next month. Like I said before, highly doubt it, but it's just not going to be WrestleMania without CM Punk. So hopefully we get an update on the CM Punk situation at some point in the very near future. Apparently, per the dirt sheets, Vince McMahon is working very, very, you know, is working his hardest to get CM Punk back. Triple H apparently is kind of, um, he's kind of two-sided about this. He doesn't care, and then he kind of cares. It's kind of hard to explain. He's kind of, um, you know, both happy and mad about it as I imagine most of the par- people in the company are because I know CM Punk wasn't very well liked backstage. By the superstars, he kind of was because he spoke up for them, but that's a whole other topic for another day. So in conclusion, here's hoping Punk is back in the WWE sooner rather than later. But with all that being said, of course we don't have much time left, and I wasn't going to go through the full Raw review anyway. Um, it was kind of a boring show, so I don't really want to go through the entire episode, you know, breaking down every match and segment, but, you know, it kicked off with the authority and Randy Orton, blah, 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 blah. Typical same old garbage that we see from these people every single week, so I'm not even going to discuss that. Um, what One highlight was of this show was the building of the Shield versus the Wyatt family match that we will be getting at Elimination Chamber. Now, when I had Kyle and Jamie on last week, we were talking about this um, very briefly about our, you know, plans for the WrestleMania 30 card and now all that's out the window with CM Punk now gone from the company, seemingly for now. You know, like I said, no one knows when he's going to be back, and he's not answering anyone's texts or calls or whatever. So we haven't heard from Punk in at least a week. But even still, as of right now, it looks like we're getting Shield versus the Wyatt family at Elimination Chamber, which I am extremely, extremely excited for, as well as the Elimination Chamber match itself for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. The combatants com- include Randy Orton, John Cena. Christian, Antonio Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, and Sheamus. That is an all-star Elimination Chamber match. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot wait for that. Um, The Chamber match has been really lacking in recent years. Last year's was pretty great, but it was a number one contenders match for the World Heavyweight Championship, so it nearly did not hold as much much significance as it has in years past. Um, 2012s were kind of forgettable. The whole show was forgettable. 2011, I thought the show overall was great. But, um, you know, thinking on this now, I've seen people post comments saying, oh, Randy Orton's going to beat all of his opponents, or, I'm sorry, all of his opponents in the chamber are going to beat Orton in the next few weeks because it was announced on Raw that Orton will be facing every one of his chamber opponents on WWE TV over the course of the next three weeks. So people are saying, oh, he's going to lose every match, and then he's going to retain the chamber. My only issue with that scenario is that 
you know, a title wasn't held, a title wasn't up for grabs inside the chamber last year, but it was two years ago in 2012's event. And at that show, Daniel Bryan successfully retained his world title inside the chamber. And then Punk also successfully defended his WWE title inside the chamber. And then the year before that, Edge did the same thing inside the chamber with the World Heavyweight Championship. So this would be the fourth consecutive time that a champion has walked out with the title intact. That makes no sense to me. You have a champion to successfully defend his title once every few years. That's perfectly fine because the last time before Edge was, I think, in 06 with John Cena at New Year's Revolution, right before Edge cashed in. So that's fine. But doing it every year, it, it's predictable. And I really hope Randy Orton isn't champion going into WrestleMania. I would have been fine with it before, but the fact that he would lose the title or he would, um, you know, successfully retain it inside the chamber and then go on to WrestleMania to defend it again is ridiculous. Don't have him defend the title inside the chamber if that's going to be the case. Um, As far as people who could win, Antonio Cesaro is a no, but I'm very, very happy that he's in there um, for the fact being that he could get a massive push out of this. Will he be world champion someday? I definitely see it. Cesaro has great potential. Technically, right now, he's still a part of the Real Americans, but If the last two weeks have been any indication, it looks like we're going to be getting a split between those two very, very soon. I hope Cesaro is the one to go babyface and not Swagger, because Swagger going babyface, I don't think anyone would really care, in my opinion. Um, Cesaro going babyface has a lot of potential, so hopefully we see that coming in the next month or so. I don't even think it's time to break the Real Americans up, but regardless, and especially if Hulk Hogan's coming to WWE, because I've pitched this one you know, one to a million times. I've said it once. I'll say it a million times more. But when Hulk Hogan comes to WWE, he should not, if he's not going to have any confrontation between the two at WrestleMania, at least do a backstage segment or something. It's the real Americans and then the real American himself with a theme that says the real American in it. It writes itself. If you're not going to do it at Mania, at least do it on Raw or whatever in a backstage segment. Do it on the freaking app for all I care. But you need to do that confrontation but before the Real Americans break up. And on the subject of the tag team division, the primetime players last week on SmackDown um, looks like they are headed for the hills after Titus O'Neil turned heel on Darren Young. Now, these two became a tag team about two years ago. They were feuding down in NXT. Not that anyone watched that anyway. But they kind of turned into a tag team and became... Um, one of the most entertaining tandems in all of the WWE. They had a W with them at first, but a lot of people said they would fail without a W at their side. Granted, the primetime players never ended up winning tag team title gold, which is a shame in my opinion. Um, I think they should have won the titles at least once before they broke up. But regardless, um, they've been doing very well for themselves in the last two years or so, you know. Um, they turned babyface back in August after Darren Young came out and announced that he was gay. And um, they couldn't have really kept him heel after that. And that's probably why he's still face now. And Titus and Leo's the one to go heel. But um, someone said this, and I was thinking about this even before I read it. But um, it, it seems very, very timely that Titus O'Neil would turn heel around the time that Batista's coming back to the company. Now, of course, it's been well documented that Batista and Titus O'Neil are very good friends outside of the ring, so it comes as no surprise that Titus O'Neil is getting a push now that Batista is back in the company. Titus O'Neil even has gone on record and said that Batista was the one who helped him land a job in the WWE, so it's not shocking at all that Titus O'Neil is getting pushed, and a lot of people see potential in Titus O'Neil, so do I. I'm a huge fan of Titus O'Neil. I just don't think the timing is right. Remember, people, this is the road to WrestleMania, where all undercard feuds are basically non-existent. Brock Lesnar's back. Um, We've got Batista back for right now, who's technically not really a part-timer, but he kind of is, so I'll put him in that category. We've got Triple H, who we're going to be having The Undertaker come back soon. Maybe a few others. Maybe even Hulk Hogan or Jericho, RVD. You name it, they might be back for WrestleMania. So the undercard is just going to be completely buried. And it's really no use in pushing this feud. I don't even see this feud happening. Derry Young versus Titus O'Neil. I don't think anyone would really care about. Like, remember when the Tons of Funk team broke up a few months ago? What happened to Tensai? What happened to Brodus Clay? They're not even on TV. I was solidly behind a push for Brodus Clay as a monster heel. Look how that turned out. Speaking of such, it was four years ago that Crime Time, after being together for Almost four years, not two years, but double that times two, um, four years, Crime Time was together, 
And Shad broke up with JTG on an episode of SmackDown right after WrestleMania. And a completely random turn of events, like the primetime players, it was not built towards at all. So there's one similarity. The bigger guy turned on the little guy. So Titus turns on Darren Young. Shad turns on JTG, similarity number two. And then they go nowhere. JTG wasn't released. A lot of people are still surprised that he uh, is even still employed by the company. Um, I put a post up on my Facebook page yesterday about all the people that have been released or left the WWE or retired in the time that JTG was rehired by the company back in 08. It's pretty funny to look at, but so go check that out on my Facebook page, shameless plug, at Graham Jason Matthews. And then Chad was eventually released back that November. He did a few, they did a few squash matches with him. He feuded with JTG for about a month, and that was it. No one cared about that match anyway when it happened in Extreme Rules. It was a throwaway match. JTG went nowhere. Chad got released. So it's ridiculous, and I fear that the same will happen to the primetime players, and I'm even more fearful of that is because I think Titus O'Neil has more potential than Chad did, and Darren Young has more potential than JTG does. Granted, they're not going to be world champions. Titus O'Neil, maybe. Some people say that. I don't, really, I don't really see that, honestly. Maybe at some point, long, long down the road, he is like in his 30s. But I don't know. I could see that happening over Darren Young, of course. Darren Young could be a solid mid-card guy. I've always liked Darren Young. I've been a fan of his since his NXT days four years ago. So I want to see him get a push. He wasn't even on Raw last night. And what in the hell was that? We had a squash match between him and Titus O'Neil. I'm sorry, Titus O'Neil and Zack Ryder last night. The crowd didn't care at all for it. The Miz comes down and starts complaining on commentary about something, about not being on Raw, despite the fact that he's on Raw the previous week. And it just bothers me. I'm a Miz fan, and I hate this. In the match, no one cared about. Darren Young didn't even make an appearance. They didn't even bother mentioning it. They showed a video of Titus O'Neil's heel turn, and that was it. And they just moved on. So I don't know what they're going to do with Titus O'Neil. I don't really know who they could put him in a feud with that would legitimize him between now and WrestleMania that could put him in a feud on the, you know, put him in a match on the card. So I just think it's a big waste of time. Like we were talking about with Antonio on the podcast, on the interview just a few short moments ago. We were talking about how tag team wrestling has never been more focused on than it is right now, or at least in the last 20, 30 years. So it's really a shame that they're, the tag team in WWE the tag team division in WWE is slowly deteriorating with the Real Americans splitting up, a great tag team, the Shield seemingly splitting up with uh, Roman Reigns going babyface pretty soon. Hopefully Ambrose and Rollins stick together. And only them, I don't want to see anyone else added. Some people are saying Mason Ryan, that'd be stupid. Um, so hopefully we don't get that. We have a whole bunch of other tag teams too, but I think it would just be a giant shame, especially with Cody Rhodes and Goldust. Um, their match is coming up on WrestleMania too. So... I don't know what they're going to do with the tag team division. Hopefully it doesn't go to the wayside um, on the road to WrestleMania with the New Age Outlaws being the WWE tag team champions right now. I have no problem with it. I said this last week, but and uh, I believe Jamie also said this as well, or I think Kyle said it, that the New Age Outlaws should be the bridge to the Usos winning the WWE tag team titles at WrestleMania. I don't even care if it's on the pre-show. And I thought the Usos would win the tag team titles a few years ago at WrestleMania 28 because that tag team title match was added like a day before the show or something like that. And they didn't win. I think Primo and Epico retained. But this should be their moment. The Usos have never been hotter than they are right now. They're getting great reactions. They're getting win after win after win. They won in the main event of Raw no more than a month ago. And a steel cage, no less, over a former World Heavyweight Champion in Daniel Bryan. And Bray Wyatt, too. One of the best characters in WWE right now. So they can't get any higher. So it might as well give them the tag team titles at WrestleMania. I think it would be perfect. So hopefully we see that come to fruition. And, um, yeah, that's going to about do it for my you know, talk in the tag team division. But um, I'm just kind of looking down the Raw card right now from last night. There was really nothing interesting to talk about. We had Emma made her debut. She made her debut about a month ago, but this is her first time stepping in the ring on, a, on Raw. Um, she did a dance-off with Summer Rae, which wasn't as bad as I thought it was. The crowd wasn't really into her dance, you know, the, the Emolution dance or whatever she calls it. Um, I'm a huge fan of Emma. She's a great worker. She's got a great personality, great charisma. Very, very pretty as well. She's going to get over um, like crazy in the WWE, I think. She's already crazy down in, uh, she's already crazy over down in Full Sail University. And then again, they chant for almost anything down there. 
And that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's, it's always entertaining watching an NXT. And if you're not doing so already, definitely tune into NXT right now. Maybe you're going to have to wait a few weeks until the launch of the WWE Network when it airs free NXT Arrival. It's going to be amazing. I think Emma is taking on Paige for the Women's Championship that night. So I'll, I hope to see uh, Emma win the title that night, even though she's, you know, main roster bound. Same thing with Paige. But um, even still, Emma making her debut last night was pretty cool. Just the last two hours, I just did not give two craps about. Um, I was going to play the promo that Dolph Ziggler cut last week, but we don't have much time, so I won't, or I can't at least. But um, Dolph Ziggler cut the best promo of of his career to date in a backstage promo on the freaking app of all places. I mean, why doesn't WWE put this stuff on television? People complain that Ziggler doesn't have any mic skills, blah, 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 blah then why don't you put it on television? It makes no sense to me at all. Um, And it's since gone viral. If you want to check it out, it's on WWE.com. But just YouTube, Dolph Ziggler promo 2014. It's bound to come up. It's about two minutes long. He does an interview with Tom Phillips, who is great, by the way. Really big fan of his work. And then NXT, Superstars main event, blah, 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 blah. But um, the promo that Ziggler cut was fantastic. Just phenomenal. Um, You know, the self-proclaimed new voice of the voices, along with Mick Foley, he was just saying how he gives 110% every single night. He doesn't get rewarded for it. People backstage don't like him. He runs his mouth. All this stuff that rang true, and it came from the heart of Ziggler, and that's what I love so much about it. And Michael Cole mentioned it during Raw last night very briefly, but that was about it. And then he went on to job to the Wyatt family. And I have no problem with the Wyatt family winning. Don't get me wrong. But in a match, in a six-man tag team match, also involving R-Truth and Xavier Woods, why didn't one of them take the fall? I like Xavier Woods, but he's more of an enhancement talent than Dolph Ziggler is, the former World Heavyweight Champion. So that made no sense to me. I was hoping that promo that Ziggler cut would start, not not a not a revolution, but or would at least trigger something for his character, you know, at least give him a push or something along those lines. And it, it amounted to nothing, which is a shame. But um, regardless, I know reports are, you know, floating around today that he might be placed in a potential tag team with The Miz, which I've been pulling for for years now. I think that'd be phenomenal as either baby faces, heels, honestly does not matter to me. Just call them the downstate duo and call it a day. So hopefully we see that come to fruition because I know, you know, Miz was complaining on commentary. Someone asked me on Twitter yesterday, was that a, you know, indirect shot at CM Punk saying that he wasn't on Raw and all that stuff? Um, That's an interesting observation. I don't think so. Um, Kudos to whoever said that. I forgot what your username was, but... Interesting observation. I don't think so. But um, here's hoping the dirt sheets are right this one time and that we do indeed get a tag team with Ziggler and Miz. Miz always works better in a tag team environment, and Ziggler always shines in tag team wrestling as well. He needs something to do. I just can't I, I can't stand to see him job any longer. So hopefully we get that at some point in the very near future. And hey, maybe we get the Usos versus Ziggler and Miz versus the New Age Outlaws at WrestleMania for the tag team titles. And that's their way of getting Ziggler and Miz in the card. Because as of right now, with all, the, with all the part-timers coming back and all that, with Batista, Brock Lesnar, who wasn't on the show last night, nor was John Cena. But with all those people coming back, um, Ziggler and Miz... It's very possible that they might be pushed to the wayside. But with Cena off the show, I kind of wish that he was there. Um, the show itself was very, very boring, but maybe that's because he wasn't there. CM Punk wasn't there. Lesnar was, wasn't there, despite making an impact last week, which made no sense um, that he wasn't featured or even mentioned this week. But regardless, Raw was really nothing to write home about, so don't bother going out of your way to watch it, um, except for the fantastic match between Brian and Orton that closed the show. An amazing main event. I just find it funny that all of their matches, um, if you compare their pay-per-view matches to their television matches, the television matches are almost always better. But um, that being said, though, I look forward to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in a few short weeks, and hopefully it does live up to expectations and get us off on the right foot going into WrestleMania season, because as of right now, WrestleMania is not looking good. So with all that being said, folks, it's time to wrap up WrestleRant Radio for this week. You guys can follow me on Twitter, at WrestleRant. 
Um, I will be taking questions from my YouTube page for my videos, hashtag AskGSM. I wanted to incorporate it on this show, but I kind of decided against it. I like doing the videos, so make sure to tweet me on Twitter with a question you want me to answer wrestling-related with the hashtag AskGSM, once again, at WrestleRant. And also on that note, make sure to like me on Facebook as well. Give it the old thumbs up, the Graham GSM Matthews Facebook page, and subscribe to me on YouTube for those videos, clips of this show, and much, much more. Also, once again, search up Graham GSM Matthews. You can listen to a replay of the show on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 Central Time. And of course, since, I, since I've uh, returned to WrestleRant Radio, I've started up an archive of this show on my website, nextarrowrestling.weebly.com. You can go to that same URL backslash archive for every archived episode of WrestleRant Radio since, you know, dating back to its debut in October. So you can check that out. Um, a lot of cool stuff up there on the website. You can check out my Bleacher Report articles, also at Graham GSM Matthews. Interviews coming with Slick Wagner Brown, also from NECW, and a written um, written form of the interview that I did with with almost I almost called him Cesaro. I'm thinking Antonio Cesaro. That's why. But my interview with Antonio the Promise Thomas from earlier tonight will be up on Bleacher Report at some point. And speaking of such, make sure to check out. New England Championship Wrestling this upcoming Saturday. If you listen to this show before then, make sure to check it out. Saturday night, if you live in the Boston area, if you know and live in the Massachusetts area, it's well worth a drive. Very family-friendly show. You'll love it. Um, it's a great three hours of wrestling. It's a 7 p.m. bell time, the Cove Community Center, right down the street from my college, Endicott College, right here in Beverly, Massachusetts. Like I said before, a triple threat match. Headlining the show for the NECW Heavyweight Championship, Antonio the Promise Thomas, Versus the defending champion, Sean Burke, versus Slick Wagner Brown. The mass hole, Mike McCarthy, who I've praised in the past on the show, will also be in attendance. I will be in attendance, so if you go there, you can see me. Um, isn't that worth the purchase? No, I'm just kidding. But even still, check that out this Saturday night, February 8th. It's going to be an amazing time, so don't miss out on that as well. And of course, listen to this show every Tuesday night live. You can't listen to it live anywhere else except for right here on EC Radio every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. 8 Central Time. So thanks for listening live, folks, and we'll see you right back here next Tuesday night. Till next time, guys.